0: Curry with the shot been cooking with the sauce Chef Curry with the pot, boy Live from the 301 Live from the pot I want to welcome my audience to episode number 137 of Curry in the Pot I'm your host, I'm your guy Mike Curry And I'm back here, I'm back with another episode Another quarantine style episode, man Obviously you can see, you know, this episode is very special So, first things first I want to introduce, you know, the two people that's joining me So we got Miss Takira Carter on the left side uh, she has her own podcast titled "The Life After," and she does so many other things. But I want to welcome back Miss Tykeria Carter. So, how you doing, Ty?
1: Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Excited to be on this episode yet again and to um, grace your podcast with my best <laughs> Now I'm just <laughs> playing. You know, <laughs> I love. <her.
0: laughs> <laughs> thank you so much thank you so much and at the bottom of your screen guys I want to welcome back my guy Mr. Xavier Wary host of the other side podcast Zay what's going on bro
2: hey, how you doing brother uh, just like Ty said man thank you so much for having me I really truly appreciate it man it's always a good time to come chop it up with you
0: most death, most def man thanks for coming back bro um how's everybody doing
1: better i can't complain more stuff is opening up my family uh is healthy and doing well so i think you know that's important right now we got some sports back so that's been pretty cool so all in all i can't really complain
2: yeah it, i think that a lot of like mentally i started to see a shift once my gym uh opened back up because i was able to go work out again and like release some stress and stuff and now we got sports so you know i'm i'm doing as best as i can man during these times i ain't got no complaints
0: Absolutely, that's good, man. That's good. I'm glad you guys are in good spirits. And obviously, as you guys just alluded to, we got sports back. So, we got the NBA starting up tomorrow, July 30th. A WNBA kicked off last week, Saturday, July 25th. Also, the MLB started for my baseball fans, and soccer MLS started a couple of weeks ago. So, guys, it's here, man. We got the NBA restart tomorrow. Just talk to me real quick about your overall excitement, then we're going to hop into everything else.
1: Um, It's super exciting because, first of all, when I watched the, you know, the welcoming games, I guess we'll call it, whatever, when they played over the past couple of days, weeks, whatever, the NBA, it didn't feel like there weren't fans there. I think they the NBA did a good job of being so strategic with like the sound effects and having like you know the foot squeaking on the court and stuff like that and once I started watching the games it was you know it's like I'm watching basketball like I wasn't even thinking about the surrounding areas that there are no fans in the arena and stuff like that so you know that's super exciting the players you know they seem like they're in their right mind and space and they're super motivated and ready to go out there and win. So it's not like a a weird or off environment or, you know, nobody looks as though they're being forced to be out there. It's basketball. And I think that was the hardest thing to try to wrap my mind around initially. Like, uh, what was that whole setting going to be like? But it seems as though the bubble is fine where they're playing. Uh, It looks good. I think the NBA and Adam Silver, they did a very nice job just being strategic about, uh, you know, if we're going to
2: do this, let's do this all the way the right way. So, you know, super exciting. Yeah, um, I was one of those guys where I didn't necessarily know what it was going to look like. Uh, I definitely had my reservations about them playing in an empty arena or in an empty gym rather. But um, just like Ty said, I mean, from the sound effects um, to to, you know, making every team kind of feel like, they have, like, some sort of home court advantage in this sense. Even with, like, the PA announcer, like, that stuff still matters too, right? Like, the home team PA announcers definitely have their uh, voice inflections and, and they definitely root more so for their team as opposed to the other one. So just small little nuances that you would only typically get at an arena or at a game where there are fans, you still kind of get that, uh, even in this bubble space. And I've also been watching a lot of these guys' vlogs, so I've become heavily invested with, like, what's going on in the bubble, which has been fun, and most importantly, um, safety, right? Like, they have taken great precautionary measures and they've done such a great job with making sure these players stay safe, that they stay quarantined when they need to be um, and that they get tested every single day. Like, they are doing a fantastic job. So I'm really, really excited um, for the season to officially kick off tomorrow. But I've really been enjoying basketball a lot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Zay, so you were one of the first people when I seen you post on your story, you were like, ah, back to simpler times, man. So I, I felt that excitement because I, I know you, I know exactly how you are. But I'm just super, super excited Like you said, uh, the vlogs, JaVale McGee, I've been watching his vlog. So -hmm. that's been cool, you know, just to get some extra insight. But overall, I'm just excited, man. The scrimmages have been good. I think the only injury we had was Eric Gordon, but he should be back in a couple of weeks. But overall, man, I'm very, very excited. So tomorrow we have two games. We have the Jazz and the Pelicans, and then we have the Lakers and Clippers. And then I just wanted to talk to you guys about you know, the playing games, like, you know, the teams that are on the bubble, like the Pelicans and, you know, on the East, like the Wizards and stuff. But what do you guys make of, like, uh, these teams being able to play and still have, you know, basically their playoff hopes are still alive. The Portland Trailblazers, another team. Uh, how do you guys feel about that?
1: I definitely think it, it was a, like I said, strategic, strategic, strategic. Like, it was a great idea to have that and have their playoff hopes being alive. So the formatting, I actually, like, Um, And then it will be exciting to see, like, who comes through. Like, people would ask me, like, um, you know, what teams do you think are going to make it? And I was like, well, personally, I think the Portland Trailblazers, I feel as though with their veteran squad, it's kind of hard to, like, go against them with, like, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum because they've been there before and they know what it feels like to be um, in the playoff atmosphere although it looks a little different this year so um, I definitely like that it's giving these teams a chance and I'm actually excited to watch the Pelicans we know that Zion is cleared now and he had um, left the bubble for personal reasons came back and did his quarantine so you know he would he left off on a decent notes so we'll see how he picks back up as well so um i like the idea of it and i'm excited to watch basketball and watch you know what teams come through who have that uh chip on their shoulder
2: yeah um i like it too from a personal standpoint um i think that it'd be nice to see if the wizards could get in because no team has been decimated um through the COVID like the Brooklyn Nets so that could be a way for the Wizards to sneak into the playoffs which would be fun for a young team like that obviously the playoffs are going to look a lot different but um, I also think too just like to Ty's point like in the West like the Pelicans could could get in. The Blazers could get in, right? Even somehow the Spurs or the Kings could get in. So nothing's guaranteed, which makes these playing games mean something and, and makes you actually interested in watching. And um, I, look, if the Blazers do get in, like, that's, that's not your typical 8th seed, right? They were just in the Western Conference Finals last year, and they're healthy. Nurk is back. Zach Collins is back. Uh, Dame has been playing unbelievable this year, right? And, and 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 you got Mello, who's been playing really, really well with their team. So you never really know, you know, and, and with them having this little play-in um, game format, like I said, it just makes the games matter. And so um, the, the the level of unpredictability kind of rises. Uh, and, you know, history says in basketball, it's one of the most predictable outcomes in the seven-game series. So you never know. And, and it's just, it just gives us something to look forward to.
0: Absolutely. So with that being said, Do you guys have any sleeper teams? Like, I I think the Trailblazers, I think they're kind of a sleeper team, but not really. But I guess when you look at, like, the seating aspect, they would be a sleeper team to, you know, possibly make some noise. But you guys have any sleeper teams at all?
1: Yeah, like I said, I would say Portland just because in this situation, they're considered, like, the underdog. And, um I personally just don't count them out because, like I said previously, they they got the vets and they got Dame Dollar. Like, I think when it's time to show up and the lights is on, like, they're going to play hard. And I really like um, Zay's point saying that all these games truly do matter. Like, you're not going to see any um, slack off. Like, I think it's going to be some great basketball because everybody knows, like, what it means to try to get a spot in the playoffs for the teams who haven't solidified yet.
2: Mm-hmm. So I I don't know if I can call these two teams a sleeper, but I I would say in the West, I would say Houston is a sleeper team to me. Uh, I don't think people really take them seriously as far as being a title contender. Uh, I was one of those dudes, especially when they got rid of Capella and they decided to go with a small ball lineup. I was like, there's no way that 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 can work. Uh, But they've made it work for them. Uh, And then in the East, I would say Toronto. I know that they are defending champions, but people still don't really put a whole lot of stock in them as far as winning at all. But the East is kind of open. I mean, as much as I love Giannis and the Bucks, like, they're not guaranteed to get there. They haven't really shown us that they can truly get to the final. So, uh, I, I mean, those would be the two sleeper teams who I think it actually makes some noise. And then I've been hearing some people make some rumblings about, well, with the no fans, uh, James Harden shouldn't be choking anymore in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you don't have that atmosphere anymore, you know, so. I mean, That's I,
1: funny. I didn't hear that. That's hilarious. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People love giving, like getting on James about that, but you know, I, I, it's it's essentially like it's like an open gym, you know what I mean? So it's just like you don't have to worry about those external pressures anymore. It's just like we just hoop it, you know what I mean? And so you never really know. I think that this is going to be a time too where you're going to see the teams who are really close to one another. That's really going to help them, uh, especially when you don't have that atmosphere, right? Because who's going to be cheering the loudest for each other on the bench, right? Who's going to really really be engaged um, and, and, and just kind of giving these guys an extra boost of motivation? So. Um, I can't wait for the playoffs to start, but those will be my my two sleeper teams.
0: I like it. I like it a lot. Um I think I don't I think this I don't know if the Celtics really count as a sleeper team, but I just like besides their size, I just like, you know, Kimba, um, Jason Tatum, your guys ascended this all of our guys actually like we like Jason Tatum. Uh, he's ascended this year. Um, Gordon Hayward, he can give you 20 on any given night. Jalen Brown has definitely improved this game. I definitely like the Celtics on the east side. And then on the West, I would have to say the Rockets as well, too. Like like you said, people don't really, just for whatever reason, they don't take them seriously. But I think, you know, I think they could, you know, definitely be a sleeper and definitely make some noise. But with all of that being said, I want to hop into you guys' award predictions. Um, I'm going to start with, so let's see, most improved player of the year, man. Zay, I'm going to start with you, bro.
2: Most improved is actually kind of difficult because because you could go like a lot of different ways with it. For me personally, I'm going to go with Brandon Ingram. I think he has taken a huge step forward, uh, especially, I don't want to say being on his own, but he had to carry the load for when Zion was out for a lot of the time. But if you just watch this game, I mean, he's just improved so much. He seems more confident in every move that he makes and every shot that he takes. And uh, he he's a bucket getter. And I think that this is the version of Brandon Ingram that we kind of predicted would be in the NBA. It, it was a slower start in L.A. And then last year, it just didn't really fit being with LeBron. But um, I would go with Brandon Ingram, man. I think he's been phenomenal this year.
0: Okay, I agree with you. Ty, who you like? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I honestly think that is a great prediction. He was an all-star this year. You know, B.I. was really getting it in as far as going through different things where different players have been hurt for the Pelicans, and he really has had to carry the load, and he's uh, showed up and definitely showed out. So I think Brandon Ingram is a great prediction.
0: Yeah, if he if he doesn't get it, I think, uh, Bam out of Bayou will probably get it. Oh, yeah. He had a yeah. really good cool year. But he was an
1: all-star this year, too, right? Yes,
0: yeah. ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Um, I like Brandon Ingram, too. Uh, but, yeah, I think Bam could win it if uh, B.I. doesn't win it for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, next award, uh, I'm going to go six-man. Ty, who you like for six-man of the year?
1: Um, For six-man, I was thinking, like, Dennis Schroeder. I feel like he's been um, playing well off the bench. He's impactful a little bouncy uh definitely a bucket i think he you know he he makes a difference on that okc team
0: i th- i like that yeah, that was that was my prediction as well uh dennis schroeder definitely uh been good for them and you know okc they uh playoff team so say mm-hmm. uh, who you like
2: Dennis shooter's not a bad pick, but I got to go with Mr. Magic City. I mean, Lou, Lou, Lou's still doing it, man. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and um, he, he's, they should change the award to him, I think, back down, down the road. But, nah, man, like, like, Lou is, Lou is a bucket for them. Um, he, he, he does so much for them off the bench. I mean, I know he probably gets started minutes in a sense, but him yeah. I
1: mean, he is Mr. Six Man, like, him and Jamal Crawford, like, you
2: know. Yeah, he back too. Yeah, Jamal. I
0: yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, next award, uh, Coach of the Year. I'm going to go first. I think the my Coach of the Year personally would be Nick Nurse, um, yeah. coach of the Toronto Raptors, just because they lost Kawhi Leonard, obviously, and I guess there was just a lot of uncertainty of how they would be this year. But if you look at last year in the games that Kawhi Leonard missed, uh, they still had a very good record. Um, but I got to give credit to Nick Nurse; those guys have been playing well. Pascal Siakam uh, also improved this year. Uh, I would I would give my coach of the year award to Nick Nurse. But what about you guys?
1: Yeah, I agree. That's who I was going to say for um, coach of the year as well. You know, it's kind of funny because when Kawhi left, nobody thought Toronto would do anything or make noise, and they're still you know here. So. I definitely think he's done a great job with the group that he has and um, making sure that that hasn't been as much as a factor. Like, imagine how much better they would be if Kawhi was still here. But they're still uh, been firing on all cylinders, it's a great team all around. So I would definitely say Nick Nurse as well for just holding it down and, you know, keeping his group intact.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, just to piggyback off what y'all said, I agree. Um and, and they've also dealt with injuries, and they've also brought people up from the G League, right? You got a uh, Boucher, you got Terrence Davis, and these guys have fit in. It, it's been a seamless fit with them. I, they went like a 15 game win streak at one point in the season. So, I mean, they've been absolutely phenomenal. I did not expect for them to be in this position, to be second in the East post Kawhi Leonard, but here they are. And I mean, Nick Nurse, he 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 put in the work, he put in the hours, and um, it's paying off now. So, I go Nick Nurse.
0: All right, so my next and last one is Rookie of the Year. I'm sure we probably will have a consensus on this, but uh, I'm just going to say John Moran. John Moran
1: for me.
2: Absolutely.
0: Okay, so my last one, obviously, the one everybody's probably been waiting to hear, and I know there's probably going to be a difference of opinion on this one. Uh, But MVP, Uh, Zay, I'm going to start with you, then I'm going to go with Ty, and then I'm just going to – I'm just going to talk. I'm
2: just going to talk. So, Zay? All right, cool. So, yeah, if anybody followed me on the gram, you already know what I'm going to say. And I think that, to me, it really – it shouldn't even be that much of a discussion. I say Giannis. I say Giannis because he's improved from last year. Uh, field goal percentage is through the roof. He's top five in scoring, top five in rebounding, has the highest PER that we've ever seen before. His team was on pace to win 70 games. Um he, he's been absolutely phenomenal. He's been doing it since the season first started. And it, he's also in the running for defensive player of the year, right? He's arguably the best defensive player. If not one, he's second behind Gobert or third behind Anthony Davis, depending on how you want to rank it. So he just has the complete total package to me. He has the complete resume. Uh his team is the best in the league and he he's just been a consistent force, not only offensively but defensively. And um I mean to me he, he was MVP last year and he's improved this year. How could you not give it to him?
0: Good point. And I completely forgot about defensive player of the year. Shame on me. Um, <laughs> I, I guess we'll talk about that in a minute. But Ty, uh, who's your
1: MVP? Um, My MVP is LeBron. And I mean, come on now. The man is still doing it. Like you got Anthony Davis on your squad and you're still keeping your own numbers up and making sure he's getting his assist making scoring. Bringing a squad together to the Lakers, like I am all for LeBron winning MVP. And I feel like how you feel about Giannis, like how could you not? I feel the same way about LeBron right now. I'm I'm definitely, I think they may not give it to him, but I'm definitely all for LeBron. They might nickel and dime him, but I would say LeBron, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely.
2: Well, hold on, Mike. Mike. All right, Todd. I feel like if you were to put LeBron James, okay. and stamp him over what Giannis has done people would be saying, oh, LeBron should be a unanimous MVP. Because I think that people just love LeBron so much and because of his story, just like just like you mentioned, oh, he's
1: still... No. Uh, no, it's not making an excuse for him because what? Giannis deserved it last year and he got MVP last year. Like that's, you know, <laughs> it was no problem.
2: No, 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 no. no, no. I'm saying, like, I'm saying if you were to say that LeBron James, his first off, if you were to say his team was on pace to win 70 games, if you were to say he's top five in scoring, top five in rebounding, he's arguably defense player of the year, People would say, oh, LeBron James should be unanimous because we love LeBron and because we love the fact that he's in his 17th year doing it. But also, I think that maybe it's it's a demerit to his point is that he has an Anthony Davis. The next best player on Milwaukee is Chris Middleton. And if LeBron was also doing that with Chris Middleton being his next best player, Oh, people would by far be saying LeBron James should be the MVP runner.
1: Yeah, but no, we've seen, and I don't agree with these reports, but people actually think Chris Middleton is really freaking good. Like Bleacher Report had like a top 10 out and Chris Middleton was in top 10 players in the league. So I personally don't think he's top 10, but obviously somebody out there does. So I'm not going to discredit Chris Middleton's game as far as that goes because somebody out there thinks he's like that and that they fit together in that sense with him and Giannis. And so, and as far as the Bucks go, that squad has been together for a minute now. So you would think that he would continue to improve on that same team with the same players and, um, you know, the same personnel around him. So that's why I think Giannis has no choice but to continue to grow. It's not like he uh, is a LeBron and he's on a completely different team and, you know, he's, doing what he's doing out there. He's with the same group of guys who they've been working together for what? That that same team has been together for almost what, the past like three, four years, if I'm not mistaken. They, they made the playoffs together and um, the past two years and went kind of far. I was at the playoff series when they played against the Celtics. Um, that was, was two years ago, I think. It was like two, three years ago or whatever. But uh, I say all that to say is Yes, he should be improving, and they should be improving as a team together. They should be winning 70-plus games because they haven't really broken up.
2: I think I think that if they don't win it this year, you're going to start hearing people try to break them up, right? I don't think that yeah. that's fair to do that. But, um, I, I don't think-, think it's fair.
1: I think they are a good team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they They could use some more pieces as far as, like, another superstar, perhaps like Giannis, but together as a whole collectively, I think they play well together. And that's why they have been able to stay at the top in the East year after year.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think all those pieces fit. Right. But I also think that this Lakers team, I think that these pieces also do fit. Last year's Lakers team didn't fit. Like it just didn't fit. Yeah. Out. And, and I yeah. think that writing was on the wall, but I think this year, you know, everybody has come together, and it's been a seamless fit, right? Dwight Howard's been great. Kyle has been up and down, but he's been kind of good. Rondo's been good. Caruso's been good. You know, KCP's been good. Avery Bradley. Danny Green. So, like, I think— But most- when
1: you think about the players that the Lakers have, they have potential to have players who don't show up, but they are. And you don't put that on LeBron. It's like, who thinks that, like, everybody loves Caruso, right? But— if he wasn't having a great season, you could say the same thing and compare that to what Giannis is playing with in a sense. But the difference is like his players around him are playing really well around LeBron.
2: Yeah. And and so I think both guys are playing really well. I just think that on the flip side, it's like LeBron has an AD to rely on in case something were to ever go wrong. Like, and Chris Middleton is giving you 50, 40, 90, which is nuts. But like, I'm never going to sit here and say, Chris, go get me a bucket. Like, I need you to go do this for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to necessarily take that away from LeBron. That's not necessarily fair to take away from playing with greatness. But at the same time, people said Katie was ineligible to win an MVP because he had Steph, and people are saying are saying AD is a top five player, and Katie and Steph Were both top five players. So I just think that the argument it just it just kind of gets inconsistent sometimes. You know what I mean? But I think that. Because he is in year 17 and because of the story and because it is LeBron, we would like to see him win MVP. I don't I don't think he's not deserving of it. I just think that Giannis has had a better season. I think his resume is more impactful this year than LeBron. Me personally.
0: Good stuff, guys. All right, so I hate to do this, but you guys pretty much did what I wanted y'all to do. So if I said, if I said you know, we have one guy who is labeled the Wash King, or maybe he calls himself that. I don't, we weren't calling him Wash. But people say, oh, Wash King, year 17. And then on the other hand, you have a guy who just won it last year. Uh, his team is still playing pretty well again. You know, what What sounds better? You know what I'm saying? The Wash King in year 17, whose team is number one in the West, or a guy who won it last year and the Bucks were... Not quite as good, but just about as good as what their record was before, you know, the season got shut down, you know, which sounds better. So it's, it's, it's so, such narrative driven, unlike the NFL, where it's, you know, just numbers for real, for real. But the, the, the NBA MVP award is, is more so narrative driven. And I think that's why guys like James Harden doesn't have multiple MVPs or why Kobe, the late great Kobe, he never won more than one MVP. I think it's so narrative driven And I think LeBron is deserving of it. But I think just because of the narrative and narratives change so much in the NBA that LeBron will probably win it because it's a great story. The the, the better story is usually what it goes to. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think I think LeBron will win it. I think Giannis, you know, does have the better numbers. But I mean, a lot of people were kind of concerned. I mean, even though the Lakers got AD, people were still concerned. Like, oh, Rondo, he's coming back. Dwight Howard, what's he going to do? You know what I'm saying? Guys like that. People, like, I know Avery Bradley is sitting out at a restart, but people, like, Avery, they signed Avery Bradley. They were like, well, I can just sign Avery Bradley. But then the moment Avery Bradley says he's sitting out, oh, my goodness, he was an important piece and stuff like you know
1: that. You I mean? Like, you feel me? Like, it was yeah. like, if we had gotten Dwight and Dwight, let me not say we. I'm a Lakers fan, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, if the Lakers would have gotten Dwight and he wouldn't have showed up, then what? Mm-hmm. Exactly. It would be like, oh, I don't get Dwight. That was stupid. Like, all this other stuff. LeBron could have got somebody. But they're playing well. Like, you know, it's, it's that simple to me.
0: Absolutely. So, I think uh, for MVP, I'm just going to go with LeBron. We did miss Defensive Player of the Year. So, we can just go through that real quick. And uh, I'm going to go with Anthony Davis. So, yeah, that's that's my Defensive Player of the Year. The defense kind of not even kind of defense got better. I feel like everybody is playing defense and playing for each other on that side of the ball. So a defensive player of the year, and it's kind of crazy, AD never won one yet, uh, but he will be my defensive player of the year.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go with Giannis for defensive player
2: of the year. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably go Giannis. That, that to me is kind of a difficult award for me to always kind of gauge, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But. I mean, it, I wouldn't be surprised if it went to AD Giannis or Rudy Gobert for a third straight year. So, but I'd probably lean towards Giannis.
0: Absolutely. All right. So uh, let's get to our last NBA topic. And who do you guys have? Who do you guys have winning at all? Uh, what's your final? If you don't have any, uh, uh, you know, a definite winner, you can give me your finals matchup or the matchup you would want to see. So uh, Zay, what you got for me, bro?
2: But it, it's it's funny because it's all pending on health, right? And who gets sick and who doesn't, or who leaves, and you know is quarantined during an uh, important time. I I would say that at the end of the season, I was leaning towards the Clippers and the Bucks. I think those were probably the two best teams in a seven game series. I think as far or I, those they would have the best roster when you break it down into seven game series. But I think right now. Um, it's hard to go against the Lakers for me, man. I, I, I'm just really big on this camaraderie, right? And like, they have just been doing a really good job of just being great teammates to one another, having fun. Like, they look like they have so much fun being around each other. And um, I would say Lakers-Bucks. I mean, as, as basic as that may sound, uh, I would probably say Lakers-Bucks. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Bron got another chip this year, to be honest with you. So, y'all gonna say I'm crazy, but
1: it's cool. I think I'm gonna go with the Lakers and Celtics. Um, and Man. I say that I like the Celtics team as a whole they're young I would like to see Kemba you know compete for a finals. He's you know he's been a great player just not around the right pieces necessarily throughout his career so I'll definitely say uh, Lakers and Celtics I would like to see LeBron and the Lakers get one. I think they have the squad in the pieces to get a ship as long as everybody, like we said, stays healthy, um, follows the rules, and don't have to go into, you know, no dumb quarantine for leaving and doing some, you know, some mess. Um, And just, you know, like you said, the camaraderie at the end of the day, staying together and having that understanding of the mission that they're on out there.
0: Absolutely. I, I think Lakers and Celtics is what it will be. I think it could be either one of those matchups. But my, I have another question. Neither one of you guys said Clippers, and I thought one of you guys would. Why not the Clippers? If you guys uh, don't mind giving me that answer. I mean, I
1: already ratted myself out. I'm biased. Uh, <laughs> you know, I want the Lakers to win anyway. But <laughs> but nah, I think the Clippers will be straight. Um, they they've actually proved that they can beat the lakers in a regular season so that's like uh but i think when the lights come on i I just see in lebron and the lakers going into like a, a different mode hopefully you know in a series type of setting like winning out the series
2: yeah i would just like to believe that being together for the majority of the season matters and with the clippers they they've rarely been together um you know, throughout the season. Then they add new pieces like a Reggie Jackson and a Marcus Morris. And then even right now, uh, I don't know if Bev came back just yet and then Lou Will had his whole incident. So, I mean, if they're all together, you know, when it matters the most, and yeah, I think that the Clippers have a better roster from top to bottom. The problem is just something always comes up, right? Like either somebody's hurt, somebody's sitting out, or just whatever the case may be. So that's why I lean towards the Lakers over the Clips.
0: Okay. All right. Good stuff, guys. Uh, so that's the end for NBA. But I want to transition to the WNBA, which just started this past Saturday, July 25th. And um, some players are sitting out, some star players, Liz Cambage, uh, Elena Donne, due to you know her health concerns, she's uh, not in the bubble. Um, other Mystics players, such as Natasha Cloud, Tina Charles, are sitting out. But I look at the WNBA and it's still, uh, still a good product. There's yeah. still a lot of teams. Um, the Seattle Storm are back fully healthy. Um, the Lynx, they just they just played well The other day, we have the Mercury Even though they just lost to the Sparks uh, We have the Sparks um, They have Simone Augustus coming off the bench They're a nice team, even though Cheney Agumuke Is sitting out, their team is still nice um, Just talk to me about you guys' Overall excitement about the WNBA uh, Ty, I'm going to start with you on this one Man, the games
1: have been Good, like, it was another Thing with the bubble concern And you know, I was a little, like What is this going to be like? But their energy, like just watching the games, you can hear the players on the bench like yelling for their teammates, creating their own energy. It's kind of like they don't care about any of that. And first of all, you know, the WNBA and the women are always sort of the underdogs in a sense and undermined. And I feel as though uh, they're not letting that phase them. They're playing some great basketball right now. Like who would have thought the Mystics without – I'm going to say three of their star players. You lose Christy Tolliver because, she, you know, she left and she goes to the LA Sparks, but she decided to opt out this season anyway. You don't have Elena Deledon. They, they were so excited about Tina Charles. There's no Tina Charles and there's no Natasha Cloud. You start the season 2-0. and oh, Like, they have a squad. And as far as, like, people just stepping up and knowing their role, and, and it's early. Things can happen. But I think even that is a statement to say that it's wide open this year for, you know, teams to come out and we don't necessarily know who's going to win, but I've seen some great basketball uh, the past opening week. And I, I'm i very excited to see, you know, who comes out on top because making a prediction right now would be uh, rather hard because there's some players stepping up who I wouldn't think so. Like Maisha Hines Allen, she, I want to say she played all of probably like total last year and this is just a total guesstimate she might have logged like like 40 minutes maybe the whole season she starts the season with 27 points and then she followed it up with like a i think she had 16 or something like that yesterday so it it is crazy
2: i mean look i've been glued to the set i actually got a game run, uh, going on right now to uh the storm in the links, man. Like I um, I just love the product, man. And, and and I was having a conversation yesterday with somebody. We were just talking about how they seem to do a lot of stuff right. They just don't necessarily have the clout that other leagues have, but like they're standing up for social injustice, doing it the right way and they and, and they ten toes down behind it, right? But then like also just aside from that, just like I was saying, the product of the game is really, really nice. I love watching the fluidity of the offense that they have going on. Uh, Chelsea Gray is 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 one of my favorite players. I mean, her passing is phenomenal. Candace Parker is my favorite player. She's extremely versatile. I'm glad Stewie's back. I love watching her. Who Sue Bird is a legend. I mean, and 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 to your point, Ty and. and and my, you know, the Mystics are missing a lot of people, but they're still playing really, really well. It almost gives you like Toronto Raptors type vibes. It's almost just like we have that championship swagger now, and like it no doesn't matter who you plug in here, we're going to do our thing because we have a uh, championship culture. So, you know, I've been really, really excited. I love it. Um, and 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 these women deserve a whole lot more. I've been really strong in their corner lately, uh, just because you know they go through so much. They they really go through so much, and and they don't necessarily get the respect that they deserve. But now I see it. It seems to be that there's like some sort of shift happening where people are more so acknowledging not just the WNBA as a sport, but also the plight that they've had to go through as women in a, uh, in a predominantly male industry. So I'm really, really rooting for it. I'm glad that the season is here. And uh, to be honest with you, I'll be watching a whole lot of their games this year. I've been really, really locked in to start the season. So I'm excited.
0: Great stuff, guys. I'm, I'm excited for the WNBA. Um, you know, Ty kind of put me on. Zay, you kind of put me on. You know, we checked out a game last year together. Mm-hmm. I'm excited, man. It's it's definitely a great product, and I keep trying to put people on, man. Tell them go go tune into the WNBA, man. It's it's great stuff. It's, it's pretty wide open, I would like to say, and uh, it's, it's it's a good product.
2: about like the like you can hear a lot of talking going on in that game like like you can hear the cheering but like you can hear people calling out switch you know like just do whatever on the basketball court like you can hear that stuff when when you watch their games I feel like more so than the uh, NBA but yeah it's great great
0: Great stuff guys Uh, again I want to thank both of you guys for coming on and uh, I really really appreciate it's always it's always a blessing having both of you guys on together man I love you guys dearly Uh, so again thanks a lot for coming on the show
1: thank you for having us and of course um, just keep doing your thing with your podcast we definitely love it and um, you know keep producing great content
2: thank you yeah brother man appreciate you having us again man keep grinding keep being great man it's only a matter of time
0: appreciate you bro All right, so uh, this is Mike Curry signing out Um, episode number 137 is done if you're on YouTube please like comment and subscribe I will link uh, both of these individuals, great content. We'll link it in the description. Uh, you know, tell a friend to tell a friend, care, Carter, check out Life After Podcast. She She's done some great stuff. Also, we're getting ready to embark on a new journey with the WNBA. Uh, shout out to my guy, Mr. Xavier Rere. Um, a freelance guy, but he also has a great podcast, uh, The Other Side Podcast, so please uh, go check them out, man. Um, if you love Curry in the Pot, uh, you're definitely going to love Life After and you're definitely going to love The Other Side. So again, this is episode number 137. I'm Mike Curry signing out. Peace.